the content found on thebestdayever.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Welcome, everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, and I am here with a very special guest, Dr. Bob Marshall. Dr. Marshall is the founder of Quantum Nutrition Labs out of Austin, Texas, which is a primary manufacturer of excipient-free quantum state nutritional products used by the leading practitioners in the United States and worldwide. Some of you may know that early in his life, Dr. Bob was faced with imminent death from an incurable illness and given only one year to live and sent home to die. He instead adopted a never-say-die attitude and began intensive research, traveling worldwide relentlessly, searching for the elusive, quote, super-quality nutrients. This led to several breakthroughs, one of which we're going to talk about here today, that of cellular resonance. So, Dr. Bob Marshall, I know you've written a lot about cellular resonance. You've talked a lot about this. You'll be speaking about it at our upcoming Longevity Now conference, which is happening this weekend. This is happening May 18th to the 20th. This is coming up right away. So, for people listening, it's not too late to book your tickets. You can go to www.thelongevitynowconference.com. Check it out. So, Dr. Bob, can you tell us a little bit about what cellular resonance is all about. The ideal resonant frequency of each cell can only be sustained or regained by consuming nutrients that are also at their ideal resonant frequencies. And what does that mean? That means that there's a dynamic interaction between the cell and the nutrient that the cell is receiving. And there's actually a harmonic resonant effect in the cell when you ingest food. So the higher resonant frequencies and the better, healthier food, obviously the healthier that we can see the cell can be and it can function at that ideal resonant frequency. And I think this is really uh, where the rubber hits the road because if we're getting synthetic nutrients without DNA, there's been a little bit of confusion about what is synthetic and what isn't, some of which has been promoted actually by the Food and Drug Administration. They have just gone out and defined synthetic as something sufficiently processed. So they would call an amino acid synthetic. But uh, this, I think, is not the, uh, the best use of this term because the idea of synthetic really from the standpoint of quantum physics means it doesn't have DNA, and so amino acids, which have been bacterially grown, have DNA, so we would say that they are live source and that they're perfectly good, whereas FDA would still be calling them synthetic, right along with another compound like a B vitamin that has been made from petroleum, a coal tar derivative resin. That's pretty much all your B vitamins in the world except ours. And the difference is the coal tar one will not have DNA and the one that's produced by probiotics will have DNA. So obviously long term, the probiotic produced one is going to have better effects in the body. And I really think that the, the, uh, the tough part for the consumer 
is that what we called it seems good, but it isn't hypothesis. In other words, when you start taking, in fact, there's research to this effect, when you start taking a synthetic, now I'm using my term, it means lacking DNA, but looking like a B vitamin. It has the same structure, but no DNA. This guy, when you first take it, you may feel really good. In fact, German research shows that when you consume these things, they initially will stimulate your DNA, so you feel good, so you think it's good. This is why it's so deceptive. However, their research shows that after the initial stimulation, the DNA of the cell then deteriorated faster. Whoa. So we're actually having a shorter lived and uh, encouraging more rapid aging of the DNA when we're using these compounds. That's why we call it the seems good but isn't hypothesis. <laughs> mm. So you can see that uh, you guys uh, from longevity now moving toward raw food are on the right track. It's just we've got to get really good quality raw food, right? Right. And, you know, David Wolf has talked a lot about, about DNA and the importance of getting good quality DNA or just DNA in general and how things like a soda, a can of soda possesses zero DNA, whereas a square foot of soil possesses, you know, enough DNA to go around the earth billions of times. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this, uh, the only nutrients on earth that are truly capable of allowing the body to regain or sustain ideal cell resonance are those that were once living and were grown under ideal conditions, then harvested at peak potency and stored and packaged, protected from their moment of conception to your moment of consumption. And boy, that's what we call quantum quality, and that's what we feel can just change your life, and that's what our company is about. That's fantastic. It's it's such a it's such a relief to hear someone who understands it from a scientific and also from a nutritional point of view, the importance of live food DNA into one's own, you know, health protocols. Would you say sort of on a fundamental level that you can't cheat mother nature? Uh I would say the the hardest lesson of my entire life has been overcoming the lie I believed as a very young man, and that is that we would find all the individual nutrients, we'd put them into a bottle, and we wouldn't need to eat. And I believed that until I was probably close to 45. And that deception, I think, has been given to many biochemists and other researchers. But when Fritz Pop came along and he showed that the cell was producing all of these biophotons, that's emissions of light, and that it communicated by light, and the DNA was actually producing the light. And so if you ate a food, if you ate a compound that didn't have the DNA, you slowly degraded your DNA. <laughs> wow. See, we didn't think that was an issue. And, of course, he was absolutely hated for this discovery. Uh, when he first said, you know, the cell is emitting light, they said, prove it. He did. And then it went further. He first believed that there was no value calorically exchanging from the food to the cell. And then, of course, he showed that there is a caloric exchange, but there's also a DNA nourishment from the DNA of the compound you're consuming. So both were critical, and therefore you could never, ever, 
get rid of live food, <laughs> unless you want a very short life. Well, Dr. Bob, what's your understanding of the mind-body connection, and what insights do you have for maintaining physical health via our state of mind? And in particular, can you talk about the role that stress plays in causing health issues in modern society? Well, I think stress is uh, devastating and accelerating the aging of many people in the 70s. Um, again, in the 70s, there was uh, a very famous writer, Hans Selye, and he wrote a book called Stress Without Distress. And so his idea was that um, humans and animals uh, actually evolve um, and uh, develop their skills by being exposed to stress, but that the stress does not exceed their tolerance. So the idea was stress without distress. He showed that if you were uh, extremely stressed, that you could exhaust your nutrient reserves in a matter of an hour or two. In fact, you could burn up to 50,000 IU of vitamin A in less than 10 minutes. So you wouldn't have, even, even if your liver was loaded, you wouldn't have two hours supply. So your response to a situation can change your longevity. And I really think that this is uh, an issue that is rarely honestly addressed in the United States. It's certainly not addressed in high school or grade school or college. Usually people go to seminars and they try to learn little tricks. But basically there are two major issues regarding your response to stress. First is your perspective. Did you buy into the idea that you're in charge and you're responsible? Now, sometimes, as you know, if it's your job, you are in charge and you are responsible. But many of the things that people experience that distress them, I'm going back to Selye's term now. Uh, remember, his original idea is stress you can develop. The stress exceeds your tolerance. It damages the organism. So most of the distress comes from inappropriate uh, comprehension of your position. So, for instance, you have a, a young child, and you're all worried that this child won't do X, Y, or Z. Well, I can understand the worry, but it's inappropriate because you're neither in charge um, nor are you responsible for that behavior. You're going to be working with the child. You're going to do everything you can for them, but your fear, your worry, your accelerated wasting of your nutrition is out of order. And what I have found in my own life, having almost died three times, I have found that whenever I face a situation, whether my personal perception is that it is uh, good for me or bad for me, I have the same response. And I am anxious to share this with all of your, your, all of those who listen. And that is very simple. Thank you. And it changes the game. It steps you out of, uh, this fear mode. It's, it steps you out of the stress mode and it puts an appropriate view. You are living and conscious. A gift of the ancients, a, a fabulous gift and what are you going to do with that? You're going to be all worried and fearful, or are you going to do your best and say thank you in whatever situation you're in? And I got to tell you, if you can do that, you have just cut the fuse off the time bomb of distress that just ages your body like crazy and steals the quality of your life. So a good example is you 
you you come out to your car and somebody's hit it and it's your brand new car oh my god you feel terrible and what are you going to tell your husband or your wife your immediate response needs to be thank you you're not responsible you're not in charge you can't change the situation but you can say thank you i i don't see the good in this just yet but i'm going to count on it being a good event and then there's one more piece that really kills the stress, and that is to tell yourself over and over again, whatever it is, it is. And once you get this, then the fear, the distress goes away, and there's almost a joy in every event that occurs in life. And I sure hope that uh, the listeners will practice this and take a quantum step uh, ahead in being happy. That's what I, that's my, my prayer for all the listeners. This is something that we've really been honing in on for the last couple of years. Uh, the, the idea that stress is not just, not just something that you learn to deal with or accept and it's just part of life on a day to day level. It's something that's actually aging you. It's harming you and something that you can do something about. So, you know, amen to what you just said. That was phenomenal. Thank you. There are many different levels of qualities in supplements, herbs, and nutrients that are out in the marketplace right now. The, the raw food movement, the, the health movement in general, it's really exploded over the last couple of years. We've seen such a huge influx in the different products, supplements, everything out there. It's just, you know, you go into your health food store and it's almost overwhelming at this point. Can you talk a little bit about the shortcuts that are used, that you've seen used, why you personally yeah. avoid those, and what the definition of, quote, product purity is for you? I feel that this industry uh, really needs a lesson in honesty and candor. And uh, there are so many deceptions right now. When you um, walk in to buy a supplement, I would say 80 or 90% of them are using excipients. These are chemical compounds that have been engineered to help get something into a tablet or a capsule they were never approved for use with nutrients. They were usurped by the industry from the drug industry where they were approved to make tablets and capsules. And we have sailed along doing these things despite the fact that studies have come along and said, gee, these compounds are not so good for you. A good example is talcum powder. Uh, this guy in Europe is called a cancer-causing agent. In, the, in America, the FDA allows 1% to 2% talcum powder and calls it a suspect carcinogen. And the industry says, gee, it's just a little bit here or there. What, is the, what are you worried about? What's the matter with you? Well, here's the deal. If you're going to take something for a couple of weeks, okay, maybe what's the deal? But if I'm going to take it for the rest of my life, it's a very, very, very big deal. And a good example of this is another bad boy called magnesium stearate. Now, mm. many of the industry people who have no desire to, to wrestle with this because it's so easy to manufacture using these chemicals have gone to calcium stearate, for which there are no studies. But really, the bad guy is the stearic acid. Some of them have tried to get it from a vegetable instead of an animal. But, you know, these are all mental games designed to deceive the consumer. The basic thing is that if you're going to take something for a long time, it shouldn't contain anything that could hurt you. 
So we really don't want sodium benzoate or methylparaben, its relative. Uh, we don't want these things, and yet they're commonly used in quote-unquote health drinks. There are so many of these these bad boys, but there are new ones on the horizon, too, that are even more scary, polyvinyl perilidone. There's just so many of them. And my guideline for the for the consumer is if you can't pronounce it, you don't want to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're going to take something for a week or two, I'm not worried. But if you're going to take something for the next 20 years, you should definitely be studying it very carefully. Another trend in the industry that's very scary is the use of radiation and steam sterilization so that they won't have any problem with bugs or contamination with the product. Well, the problem is that steam uh, sterilization is cooking. And if you know anything about nutrients, as soon as you cook it, you've pretty well neutered it. But you've also produced other compounds that long-term may be very damaging. Additionally, there's a lot of uh, irradiation uh, throughout uh, Taiwan and elsewhere in China. Um, herbs are routinely uh, irradiated before they're released so that we don't have to worry about their shelf life. But this type of radiation may put holes in the DNA. I feel that the Chinese community, having done that, has had a real, uh, real backward step in their own health. I used to go downtown Chinatown in Los Angeles, and it were the healthiest people in the city. You go down there now, and you'll observe that the ants walk around the nutrients because they are the ones that know that uh, this radiation's been done, and the human can't figure it out. But take a look at the health of these people now. It's taken a giant step backwards. So uh, radiation is a tough one. Genetically modified, uh, I know there's a great showdown here in California to fight the big bad boys so that we can identify genetically modified food and uh, not be exposed to it because, again, they've done weird things to this food. They've got pesticide things in it. They've got fish genes. They've done stuff from a, a Dr. Frankenstein movie, and we are the grand experiment. And uh, it is certainly my great prayer that uh, California uh, passes this legislation for identification because I think it will push the nation in that direction, and it may help us to halt the, the declining quality of food. But I, I, I have to say this. I've got to go one step further with you, and that is to speak to the food itself. We are growing our food, even organic food, with synthetic fertilizers, uh, NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And this is very, very scary because it is shifting us more and more to an empty harvest where it looks good, it may even taste good, but it's not delivering the goodies. And we really need a revolution in the way food is being produced. Our company is starting a foundation. That foundation will be doing development, research and development to grow food as competitively cost-wise as we can, but without these weird chemicals and returning to quality of food we had in the early 1900s when we were the strongest nation on earth. And just to give you a perspective, in 2005, when they stopped reporting, 
Center for Disease Control told us 53-plus percent of the United States was chronically ill. It's guesstimated that in 1905, less than 5% were chronically ill. And my message to all of your listeners is it's the food. Okay. Wow. And when we see this degradation, what can you expect but misery and illness? There's nothing else to expect. So the real place we've got to change is where we're growing this food, and it's going to take quite a bit of time. So for now, our company, Quantum Nutrition Labs, is collecting and producing supplements grown for the most part all over the earth, but not the U.S., and we test this by very sophisticated methods. We use high-performance crystal spectroscopy. We are using all the latest biochemical testings, but with this, we can detect the radiation. We can detect fumigation. We can detect pesticides. So we can very quickly hone in on the food, that's the, the, the nutrients that are really well-grown, and we can then work with those producers so that we have protection from its conception to your consumption. And so for now, it's like, to me, a stopgap. But you want real, living food. That's what you want. And maybe it's time all of you listening started growing some stuff in your own house. But we've been working on an evolution of something called a grow friend, where we can give you perfectly remediated soil, heirloom seeds. All you got to do is water it once in 30 days, and you have this fabulous crop for you. For a little, one little box will give you lettuce, tomato, things like that for two people. And so if you got more people, you're going to have to do more. But this is a beginning, and it can work in all over the U.S., not just wonderful California where you have the perfect weather. You know what I mean? That's phenomenal, Dr. Bob. This is really fantastic to hear you speaking like this. This is something that really we've been into for so many years. David Wolf has really been sort of championing the cause of raw food, live food, and he is a wild gardener. He, he is a gardener at heart. The way to go, but I'll, I'll tell you, at the seminar, what I'm going to be talking about is the biofield. And the biofield that you're growing this food in uh, is an amazing aspect of the problem. The biofield is going to be one of the major things I'm going to focus on so that we can create an environment that will be awesome to live in and also awesome to grow in, and then we can have food that isn't so stressed. Okay, phenomenal. And one final question I'd like to ask you, and you mentioned this at the very beginning of our interview, that you're going to be revealing some little-known secrets at our upcoming Longevity Now conference. For those of you who've just joined us, Dr. Barb Marshall is here with us, and he's going to be joining us at the Longevity Now conference May 18th to the 20th at the Costa Mesa Hilton Orange County Hotel. Dr. Barb Marshall is going to be joining us and speaking from stage. And Dr. Bob, could you share a little bit with us, maybe like a sneak peek for our listeners, what you're going to be speaking about? The one, the one area that I want to concentrate on is your own energy field and how you conserve and protect it and then what you should do for your home, your office, or an area where you're going to be growing food so that you can have the best biofield. And I feel that this can lead to uh, just a, a, a giant leap forward in terms of overall quality of health. I'm going to talk about some little-known things. Obviously, um, many of the attendees will understand the importance of digestion, but 
the issue is that if you're unable to digest your food, in fact, uh, there's one study that's very exciting. It was published in Medical Hypothesis 1998, and uh, in there they showed that when you eat cooked food, you lose about 1,800 methyl groups per day per cell, and when you eat raw food, you lose 1,200 methyl groups per day per cell. So the study suggests that the simple act of cooked food without digestive enzymes could cost you up to a third of your lifespan. What a tremendous price. Now, many of us are forced to eat some cooked food. When you do, you'll be able to take digestive enzymes. Study in medical hypothesis showed that if you, if you um, eat cooked food, you lose 1,800 methyl groups per day per cell. When you eat raw food, you lose 1,200. So the key thing to remember is that when the cell demethylates, this is when it can express cancer genes, virus genes, everything bad in your body. And when it remethylates, this is when you can express the healthy genes. So when we do eat cooked food, um, we're losing a third more per day per cell. It's theorized that if you stop that by using digestive enzymes when you eat cooked food and taking hydrochloric acid, that even with raw food, that you may express uh, healthier genes and promote remethylation, which is what I believe we were originally engineered to do. Uh, I know it may be shocking to your listeners, but uh, ancient Hindu uh, Vedic texts tell us that um, in a beginning, there was no need uh, to eat. You could gather the energy you needed from, uh, from the air. There was a, there's a, a unit of cosmic energy that's been proposed called the interton. And so we were able at one time not to have to eat. And because of what's happened and because of um, the, the alteration of this energy, which may have been achieved by the construction of all these pyramids, we must eat. Okay. And so you can begin to see this, this very complex issue and what I want to leave the listener with is that your body is your treasure. You are not an owner. You're a steward. The good steward is going to have longer, healthier, stronger life. You've got to learn the right choices. And so you're beginning to see that there's so much to this issue. But the ancient texts tell us people lived 80,000, 50,000, 60,000 years. And if you live 80 years in this society, you wish you hadn't for the most part. You're feeling so miserable. But if you can get these ideas and become a really good steward of that body, you can change the game. That's my hope. That's my prayer for all you guys. I hope to share what I've had an opportunity to learn in the last 30 years. Thank you so much, Dr. Bob Marshall. It's been amazing having you here. Please join us in Dr. Bob Marshall at the upcoming Longevity Now conference, May 18th to the 20th. That's at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, California. Join David Wolf, Michael Beckwith, Dr. Amen, Carol Alt, Truth Calkins, Ron Teagard, an amazing cast of presenters, an amazing group of people, over 1,000 participants, and just, just the best weekend of your life. So, Dr. Bob, it's been phenomenal having you here. Thank you so much for sharing these insights, and I can't wait to hear your presentation. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm really excited Thanks now. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it very much. 